Let us read together. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes scattered among the nations, greetings. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position, but the rich should take pride in their humiliation, since they will pass away like a wildflower. For the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant. Its blossoms fall, its blossom falls, and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich will fade away even while they go about their business. This is the word of the Lord. Great. Well, thank you, Jeremy, for reading, Jane, for praying. And let's keep that passage open. So we're starting a new series in the book of James, uh, the coming uh, nine weeks. So... And why don't we pray together as we start? Uh, Father, thank you that you are so generous. You give generously to all without finding fault. You give us every good thing. And most of all, you give us your word. You speak to us. Uh, You address us, our our needs, our trials, uh, everything in our life. Pray that we would listen, uh, open our hearts to you, and uh, would we receive with meekness your implanted word. In Jesus' name. Amen. Great. Uh, So yeah, as I mentioned, uh, it's Happy New Year 2020, right? We wish each other all God's love and blessing. Of course, last year we also did that, right? (laughs) Last year we all wished each other a happy 2019. May you be blessed and have a wonderful year. Now the question is, do you feel we had a wonderful year? Do you feel it's been such a great year? Right? Especially city-wide, of course. We had such a wonderful... No, right? We did not have a good year. Uh, it's, uh, I don't know what you think. L- last Friday, again, we had a prayer meeting. We prayed for Hong Kong. I looked at what we prayed last year. We prayed for revival. You know, we prayed for the church to be strengthened and social problems to be solved. This is not the year we were expecting. And it's not just a bigger thing, right? What is going to happen to our city? It's really affected so many of our lives. Maybe you're trying to work, but you have all this anger about what's happening and you just can't concentrate. Maybe a year ago you were thanking God that your marriage is so great. Uh, and now there's this political disagreement and, and this tension between you, right, which you didn't expect. Maybe, maybe just the uncertainty, uh, worries about the economics and what's going to happen you know, to your investments or whatever. Maybe just the practicalities. You know, sometimes it's been very hard to get to work or hard to get home. 
or if you look at 2019, you remember that night you had to escape from COHK, those kind of things. It's been a difficult year for many of us. And, and that's, the, the, you know, that's Hong Kong. There's our personal lives, right? There's uh, maybe health issues, uh, conflict at work, just uh, from a new boss. Actually, it's not necessarily a happy new year. What do we do with that? And what do we do when life I is challenging? When uh, things happen that we didn't expect and suddenly it's harder to become a Christian? Well, actually, James will be a really good book for us. Uh, it's one reason why we're doing this book now. It's, I don't know if you've read James. Uh, it's really very helpful for us. Uh, James is a good, uh, if you read it, it's very practical. A uh, lot about how we live, a lot of Jesus' teaching, a lot of, uh, you know, um, uh, practicalities. But, but who was it written to? Well, James was, of course, the brother of Jesus, uh, the leader of the Jerusalem church. But who did he write to? Well, we see it in verse 1. To the twelve tribes scattered among the nations. Uh, it's a kind of an Old Testament uh, idea, right? The twelve tribes of Israel, they were living in the promised land, but then the Assyrians and the Babylonians exiled them. And all the people of God, they were no longer at home. They were living, they were scattered across the nations. Of course, these are Christians, but what happened to them? Well, most people think it's kind of what happened in Acts chapter 8. Uh, Jesus, you know, he died, he rose, he went to heaven, poured out the Spirit, and the church exploded. You know, the church grew, thousands were saved. Uh, wonderful, but, you know, they attracted more and more opposition. At some point that came to a head when, you know, Stephen, one of the deacons of the church, was killed and then, well, Acts 8, on that day a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem. And all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Uh, these believers from Jerusalem, they were scattered among the nations. And that's where they were now living. And I don't know, but that must be hard, right? You're, uh, you know, you have your home and your job and your family and your network and now you're somewhere else. And you don't have all those things anymore. Suddenly life is more difficult, right? Everything you relied on, everything you trusted in is kind of gone. <laughs> You're probably a lot poorer than before. I mean, they were refugees, but, you know, uh, we think often of economic refugees, but many refugees, they're, they're religious or political. My mom, he, she works as a volunteer with refugees from Syria. And actually, there are some real professionals there, you know? Uh, Syria was a quite developed country, people who were like a surgeon. You're, you're a surgeon, but yeah, there's a civil war, you flee it, and now you're an asylum seeker. And, and you get asylum, that's good, but you're, you were a surgeon, now you're kind of unemployed in, in, in this other country, and yeah, you're probably poor. That's why there's a lot of problems with poverty in, in James. You know, they, they were struggling, they're, you know? Being a Christian was okay, and now <laughs> it's all changed, and it's a lot more difficult to be a Christian. It, life is hard. Life is challenging. And James, he's their pastor. He loves them. Hey, he says, my beloved brothers and sisters, and he wants to address them, address them in their, their trials, their difficulties. And that's, that's good for us, right? Uh, we are struggling. <laughs> we have our challenges, our concerns. 
all kinds of trials, and, and James wants to help us with them. So yeah, I think it's going to be a great book to study. And um, how does he start? Well, in today's passage, these difficulties in life, he wants us to see them rightly. To see them rightly. Because what he says is quite a command, right? Verse 2. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Pure joy. <laughs> now, just to say that, that sounds like he's indifferent to what's happening, right? I mean, conflict in your marriage, is that a joy? <laughs> you know, you lose your job, is that a joy? The, the, the violence and brutality, is that a joy? No, of course it's not. These are evil, bad things. Uh, he's not giving a whole theology of suffering. Maybe these people aren't asking philosophical questions. They aren't asking why is there suffering. They're just kind of, well, life is hard and I want more money. And that's kind of practical. And uh, that is what he addresses. And then he says, no, you know, these struggles, you know what you need to realize? They have a good purpose. A good purpose. You know, these difficulties you're going through, James says, they have a good purpose. Because that's wha- how he goes on, right? They do something. They grow your faith. Verse 2, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Your faith is being tested, it's being trained, it's being grown, and it makes you persevere. It makes you stable and steadfast. I mean, it's a bit like exercise, right? Exercise, uh, it's painful, (laughs) but it makes you fit. I don't know, a few weeks ago we went hiking with the men's group, Apatzin Lang. Man, that was painful. <laughs> I don't do much exercise, right? But actually afterwards I, I was a lot fitter. I had lost uh, some, you know, some weakness. I lost some you know, weight. It's good for us. You know, you're a manager. You have a young employee. What do you do with them? You give them a bit more challenging project each time. right? You push them so that they grow. And... Well, actually, these things are supposed to grow you. Of course, not in a professional ability or physical health, no spiritual. Verse 4, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. God wants you to become mature, uh, complete. He wants you to become like Jesus. He wants you to become a stable, mature Christian. And sometimes you meet people, right? They're mature Christians, and they're just wonderful to be around. They're so like Jesus. And whatever happens in life, they continue to be full of love and patience. Uh, They're just beautiful, attractive people. Well, that's God's plan for you. He wants to make you like that. He, he, He wants to push your faith. He wants to grow your faith. And so, and these things are doing that. If you're not being stretched, you don't, you don't grow. These trials have a good purpose. Now, I, I don't know, maybe you can see that in your own life. I, I see it in certain people. I don't know if you know Chewy. Chewy is uh, the leader of our Women in Touch ministry. If you know her, she's a wonderful woman of prayer. She's so devoted to prayer, that's, that's amazing. But she wasn't born that way. If you ask her, she will tell you, well... <laughs> 
I had to raise five children on my own. <laughs> and that was such a hard time. And so it drove her to her knees. She just had to depend on God and pray and pray and pray. So yeah, it was a very hard time for her. But she came out of it trained as a, as a prayer warrior. And well, why is Women in Touch such a flourishing ministry now? I think a lot of the prayer that goes into it, right? God uses these trials to train us, uses it for a good purpose. Uh, so I don't know, maybe you've looked back at 2019, you've seen the difficulties, but I hope you've seen that you've grown. I hope you can see that God is at work in your life. Or maybe you're not there yet. Well, hang on. <laughs> Right? I mean, that's what James says, eh? verse 4, let perseverance finish its work. You know, it takes time. I don't go on one run and then I can do a marathon. It, exercise, is, 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 it takes time. Growing your faith takes time, so hang on. Uh, keep going with the struggle. Uh, keep trusting. Keep persevering. That, that, is what, what, uh, that is how you grow. Right? But what will help with that? What if you find that difficult? Well, James gives the advice, if you're struggling, well, seek godliness. Ask for godliness. Because that's where he goes in verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding faults, and it will be given to you. Now, it doesn't say godliness, right? It says wisdom, Maybe we read this and we think, oh, God wants to give me a way out. He gives me wisdom. How can I escape this trial? But, but if you, wisdom in the Bible is much more about how we live, how we live the right way. Even in James, I mean, come with me one page more, uh, chapter 3. Yeah, 3 verse 13 in James. I mean, this is James' view of wisdom. 3 verse 13. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom doesn't come from down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. And verse 17, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. I mean, that's, that's wisdom. <laughs> uh, that's, you know, it, it's more about, about godliness. Uh, if you are, you know, life is hard and you're struggling to respond in the right way, ask God to, to help you, right? To, to, to make you godly. To, to, to let the Spirit change you. That it makes sense, right? That you pray for that. And, and of course God wants to. He, he gives generously. If you, you know, I'm struggling to forgive this person. Please help me. Do you think God will help you or not? Of course. You know, I, I'm really struggling to be patient with this. Of course God will help you. Yeah? He, he's not going to blame you. You know, he, he loves you. He, he will give that to you. Of course, you, you do need to want it. Yeah? Because he says, well, you, you shouldn't doubt. Yeah, verse... 6, back in chapter 1. Yeah, uh, but when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. <laughs> that person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. 
Now, that sounds a bit harsh if it's just about, you know, I, I'm not really, you know, I, I don't ask kind of all with perfect faith, trusting God completely that he will do this. This is not about uh, whether God can do it. I think that the key is that we're double-minded. You know, if you're, you're asking, but you're, you're double-minded in the sense that you're in two minds about it. Do I really want to be godly? I, I think you can see that, right? Maybe, yeah, I, I want to forgive this person. I want to reconcile. But actually, there's also this voice, right? I actually, I like feeling superior. I like blaming them. I, I want to forgive them, but actually I don't. Or, I don't know, my wife went away for a few weeks. Uh, I'm all alone at home. That's a challenge for me. It brings certain temptations. Uh, I, I want to be godly, but I also, well, d- do I really want to, right? I, ho- I hope you see that feeling in yourself. That actually, yeah, I want to be godly, but I also want to be worldly. And then you know, you're double-minded. If you're asking like that, like St. Augustine famously once said, Lord, make me pure, but not yet. Well, of course, then you, you won't receive anything. No, we want, God wants us to be single-minded f- for him. Uh, otherwise, yeah, you're like the, the wave of the sea, right? He says, unstable, just up and down, left and right, so kind of... That, that's often what we're like. I mean, if I'm honest, that's what I see in myself. But no, I would actually ask. Yeah? And the trials, yeah, they show us what we're like. Maybe you didn't know what was in your heart, and then these trials come and they tell you, <laughs> they show what you're like. But positively, you know, you're struggling, ask for, you know, ask for wisdom, ask for God to help you, to know the right way to live the right way. That, that, that's what God wants. Yeah, pray. You know, you can always come to God. He's just a prayer away uh, to help you. But what will then help? Well, thirdly, James says, uh, how, what kind of wisdom <laughs> do you need? Well, you need a gospel perspective. You know, you, you want to go through this trial. I think it really helps to have a gospel perspective. You know, what was the beginning of wisdom in the Bible? The fear of the Lord, right? If you've got a right view of God, that will help you be wise. Uh, Knowing what's really going on. And he gives this example of rich and poor in verses 9 to 11. Now, rich and poor, again, they they were struggling with that. Uh, They were, you know, religious refugees. Uh, And they were poor. And they were exploited by the rich. And they thought, actually, I'd like to be one of those. I wish I was rich. I was I had, you know, I, I had more money like I had before. That's what they were struggling with. And James says, well, look, don't envy that. Let me remind you of the gospel. Uh, verse 9. Believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position. You know, yes, you're a humble believer. You're probably poor. But remember the gospel. Remember who you are in Christ. Remember your high position. I mean, what Jesus came and he died for you and he gave you everything. Right? You're a child of God. And you have this eternal kingdom waiting for you. You have every spiritual blessing. You are rich. You have such a high position. I mean, uh, who's the richest person in the world? Jeff Bezos, I think, from Amazon. He has about one trillion Hong Kong dollars. It's a lot. That's nothing compared to what you have in Christ. 
You know, yeah, you, maybe you feel poor. Actually, think about what you have. Boast in it. Take pride in it. You, you can look down on John Jeff Bezos and think, poor guy, only a trillion. You know, <laughs> you have everything in Christ. A- and the rich that you envy, well, 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 look at them. You know, they, it looks like they have a lot, but they don't. Verse 10. But the rich should take pride in their humiliation. Now, it doesn't say rich believers. It says the rich. I think he's talking about people who are not Christians, the kind of people who are exploiting them, taking them to court, as you read the rest of the letter. Now, what's going to happen to them? Well, they will pass away like a wild flower. For the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant. Its blossom falls and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich will fade away, even while they go about their business. You know, they don't have much hope. They're going to pass away. They're going to be like this flower in the sun, just passing away. EJ likes plants, and then she goes away to Korea, and I forget to water the plants, and they all die so quickly. You know, but this is real, right? Because what's going to happen to the rich? Well, now they're busy making money, and they cut another deal. They work hard, and another deal, and they earn another million. And they come home, and they kiss their wife, and then they, you know, they go behind a computer and invest it, and uh, doing great. And then they feel this pain in their chest, and they have a heart attack, and they die, and they go to hell. They, they fade away in the middle of their business, right? It's not going to last. Riches, you know, they're, they're temporary. You shouldn't envy them. You, sh- you should pity them. You should feel so sorry for the, these people who trust in their wealth and they live for their wealth and they're going to fade away. And they're going to be humiliated. Hey, if you understand the gospel, if you know, you know the great reversal that's coming, if you know how God is going to put the world right, then actually your poverty, you're going to see that differently, right? Poverty and riches. I mean, you can apply that more widely, right? Maybe you feel all your security is gone. All the things you trusted in in Hong Kong, uh, you know, they're, they're crumbling. They're shaking. Well, none of those things were going to last anyway. You've lost nothing that you wouldn't lose anyway. And, and everything you have in Christ is perfectly secure, stored up in heaven. You're as secure in Christ as you'll ever be. Even if you might feel uncertain. Uh, maybe that conflict in your family about politics. You know, remember the gospel. All political things, all nations, they're going to be like this flower. They're all going to pass away. Why argue about them? You're going to be together in this glorious kingdom. You're going to rule together. Why do we now argue about politics? Right? You see the gospel and actually, it's not that big. That's the thing. So yeah, these things train you, ask to be godly, but really helps, you know, the gospel. Ask God to help you get the gospel again. Uh, See what's really going on and that will help you. Yeah, keep going. Because that's what we need, right? We need to keep going. Count it pure joy. Or as he kind of concludes in verse 12, the start of the next passage, uh, blessed is the one who perseveres under trial. Because having stood the test, 
that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Yeah, there's, there's a crown of life. Jesus has earned it. Jesus has done everything. He's won the race. You just need to make it to the end. You just need to persevere. And, 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 and so you should, in that sense, you welcome these trials. I mean, again, exercise. Uh, well, hiking with the men's group isn't real exercise because it's, it's fun. It's great fellowship. We're going to go again on Saturday. Please join us. No, think of the proper training, right? Getting up at 5.30 in the morning and going for a run and eating healthily. What's the point of doing that? Why put yourself through that? Well, it depends if there's a race. If I have to run a race, I, I welcome the training. I welcome the exercise. If I need to persevere for the crown of life, then I will welcome the training, right? I will welcome things that will grow my perseverance. Uh, it, it's about what we want. Do we want an easy life? Or do we want to become mature and complete? The person God wants us to be. The person we will be in the new creation. Uh, do we want uh, an easy life now? Or do we want a crown of life? Uh, th- that's the perspective we need. And if we have that, yeah, we can face trials with, with joy. Uh, how well might we do that this week? I don't know if you've ever read uh, Enjoying God by Tim Chester. It's a great book. We recommended it uh, over the summer in our book reviews. We still have two copies. There's a great chapter there. It's a book about seeing God kind of in our, in our everyday life. And, and there's a great chapter on trials. And yeah, how these trials, you know, that's Father, our Father training us, disciplining us. And he recommends, you know, for a week, just everything bad that happens, everything, pray this prayer. My Father, thank you for this. Please use it to make me more like Jesus. It's a great prayer. Because you probably feel angry. Ah, Why did I miss the bus again? Why did my washing machine break down? But you can't be angry and thank God at the same time, right? Just everything that happens, take a breath. Father, thank you for this. Please use it to make me more like Jesus. And so just for a week, everything that goes wrong, to try and say this, you know, just memorize the words, maybe. Shall we just say it all together? <laughs> My Father, thank you for this. Please use it to make me more like Jesus. Just, just try, try and say that. All these things that will happen. And the, the little things, again, the, 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 the sudden doctor's visit, the, you know, the, the, the MTR that breaks down, or the bigger things, you know, the, the, the conflicts, the difficulties, the political events. My Father, thank you for this. Please use it to make me more like Jesus. And, and, and yeah, hopefully that will help us. It will help us persevere. It will help us see our Father at work. It will help us grow our faith. Yeah, again, I, I hope it's a happy new year. My guess is it's going to be a year full of trials. But with the right perspective, it can be a really joyful year as God makes us mature and complete the people he wants us to be. Great. Well, why don't we, yeah, why don't we finish there? That's a great point. Why don't we uh, sing about that? The music team will come up and we're going to sing, uh, sing a song. It is well with my soul. Uh, I don't know if you know the background of this song. Uh, someone had a very low point in his life, but he had a gospel perspective. He reflected 
on uh, yeah, what he had in Christ and then actually it is well with my soul.